You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. This is Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today, we're going to talk about guns. We're going to talk about people using guns. We're going to talk about some new guns, and we're going to talk about people who try and take your guns away. But I think we'll start with people who use their guns to defend themselves, to defend people, and to do good by them, such as a pizza delivery driver in Charlotte, North Carolina. This guy had four people trying to rob him at gunpoint. And you might think if four people are there trying to rob you, your chances are going to be pretty slim. But he was not putting up with any of this. Now, granted, he's a 49-year-old driver out delivering pizza at an apartment complex. When four suspects at 11.50 p.m., one of the robbers pointed a rifle at the driver's head. The would-be victim pulled out his own gun and opened fire. (laughs) That's a brave guy, I think. Had a rifle pointed at his head, pulled his own gun, and just started shooting. Now, three of the four suspects were shot during the scuffle, and they immediately ran away. Investigators later determined that the rifle they pointed at the delivery driver's head was a toy. A toy that had been painted to look like a real firearm. So they brought a toy to a gunfight, and apparently the toy didn't win. The guy with the real gun ended up winning. As soon as it happened, the victim dialed 911 to report the attack after the shooting. They located two suspects near the scene and apprehended another suspect a short distance away. The fourth suspect was located at a hospital less than two hours later when someone dropped him off with a non-threatening gunshot wound. Non-life-threatening gunshot wound. So, apparently, if you order pizza from this guy, it's getting through, and nobody's going to stop him. Now, two of the other suspects were also transported to the hospital for non-life-threatening gunshot wounds. The robber... Who wasn't shot was a 16-year-old male. A 15-year-old male was treated and released from the hospital before he was transported to a juvenile detention center. Now, I wonder about this. And then another guy, 20 years old, was treated and released from the hospital before he was turned over to the county sheriff's office. Now, um, the 20-year-old had, had a, has a significant criminal history, including resisting police, larceny for a motor ze- vehicle, possession of a stolen vehicle, and motor theft. So, and there was another guy, 18 years old, remained hospitalized on Tuesday. I guess he got him a little better. All four suspects face charges of conspiracy to commit robbery with a dangerous weapon and robbery with a dangerous weapon. And the pizza delivery guy was not injured during the ambush. Just goes to show you, a little bit of training goes a long way. I'd really like to know, did he look at that gun and realize something doesn't look right, or did he just take a chance that they wouldn't shoot him before he started shooting? Or maybe he figured he started shooting and they would drop their weapon and get out of the way. I wonder what went through his head at this point. I mean, I wonder if he could tell the gun wasn't real. Because if they had to paint it to look real, I wonder if it was that toy looking where he could tell. That just It's pretty brave, though. I have somebody point a rifle at your head from a pretty close distance, apparently, And start shooting back without hesitating. Maybe he thought for sure they were going to shoot him, and he said he wasn't going to go down like that. But now I'd love to know what company he works for, if if there's any um, rules against him having the gun, if they're going to condone him. Is he going to get fired for having the gun as a pizza delivery driver? Or does he work for an independent, I should say, an independent freedom-thinking company that believes people have the right to defend themselves? Who knows? Maybe I'll find out more about this, and I'll try and catch you up when I get a chance. 
Now we're going to move on to Arizona. Now this is interesting because this is a story that should have garnered lots of praise. A state trooper was shot by a random suspect as he was trying to help a woman who had just had her vehicle roll over on the highway. It was described as an ambush-style attack because the trooper was attempting to block lanes of traffic when a man came up and shot him in the chest. I mean, here's a guy that wasn't even a confrontation first. He was actually doing traffic work, and somebody walked up and shot him right in the chest. And then a fight between the two began. Now, I'm thinking if he got shot in the chest and a fight began afterwards, he was probably wearing some sort of body armor, I would think. I'm not sure. It didn't, it didn't say exactly if it penetrated, if he was hit badly, or how he was able to continue fighting after getting shot in the chest, unless it was just pure adrenaline. Who knows? And then a driver saw what was happening, came over to the aid of the trooper, was asking for help. The suspect ignored the man's commands to stop the attack, at which time the man went to his vehicle to retrieve his firearm, ran back to the scene, shooting and killing the suspect. Ta-da! couple and done. He, he shot the guy, killed him. Trooper's okay. Now, the trooper was a 27-year veteran of the force, and they said he was taken to the hospital in stable condition, will undergo surgery. So maybe it penetrated a vest. Maybe he got, you know, maybe it hit him in a shoulder part of the chest or something. I don't know. There was no more details other than that. But after shooting the suspect, the armed citizen then used the trooper's radio to call for help. So he he had enough sense to get on the trooper's radio, knowing it would be a direct connection. So he was able to get help there much much more quickly, probably, than if he had dialed from his own phone. Unfortunately, the woman involved in the crash was ejected from her vehicle and was dead at the scene. So he wouldn't have been able to help her much more than that. Now, this is great because the... The Department of Public Safety, Colonel Frank Milstead, told reporters that he hadn't spoken with the armed citizen yet, but sent out the following message to him. This is I'm going to read this word for word, because this is worth hearing. Thank you, because I don't know if my trooper would be alive today without your assistance. Not only did this armed citizen have the right mindset to stop the suspect, but he also kept a straight head after the shooting in order to utilize the trooper's radio to make a direct call for help. There you go. Now this is, I mean, this is great bravery on the part of the the armed citizen. And this is the kind of story that should come to the front of the media all the time. How an armed citizen saved the life of a highway trooper by acting fast, by being well-trained, by knowing what to do, say, could have potentially saved this guy's life. And yet the media is completely silent on this. Why? Well, because it doesn't meet their criteria. It doesn't push for the agenda of gun control. And I wonder if these guys even realize gun control is a, a, a blatant violation of the Constitution. Now, I don't believe everybody should have one. If you don't want one, don't have one. If you're a, a felon, then you shouldn't have one. If you're under the age of 18 or 21, you shouldn't have one. Yeah, the seven-year-old asked for a gun, that would be a no. You're seven. You don't get a gun. Of course, he's probably allowed to change his gender, even though he's seven, because that's okay. But you don't want him to have a gun or smoke a cigarette or have a shot. You know, that, that would be, that's outrageous, because he's too young for that. Yeah, some of the things going on today are just scary. Okay, now we're going to go to Denver. This one's a little more complicated, because this is a man who, he was a security guard, or I guess, yeah, he was, a, I say he was a security guard at a school in Denver where he stopped a mass shooting. Now, you figure this guy would be praised as a hero, 
and and be made an exa- a shining example of what an armed citizen can do. But uh, <clears throat> but it was stopped. He stopped a mass shooting. He was a good guy with a gun. He stopped a mass shooting. Now the two idiots, morons, psychopaths who decided to commit the shooting were, let's call them, more liberal in nature. One of them was an angry trans man who was born a girl. The other was a young man who had his his hair dyed purple, and he posted things online that were anti-Christian, anti-Bible, and anti-Trump. That would pretty much make him a raging leftist, I would imagine. And, of course, they weren't charged with a hate crime, even though... You know they have this uh, left ideology that gives that they're entitled to this. However, had it been the other way around, I have a feeling if they were more conservative, more right wing, they certainly would have been charged with a hate crime. But anyway, back to the school shooting. Okay, here we go. On that day, the school resource officer, a Shamson Sandara, wasn't supposed to have his personal gun on the premises. Okay, so it's it was a gun free zone we're talking about here. But he saw the two shooters. Sundara had his own gun. He threatened one of the shooters and wrestled the other shooter to the ground and detained him. After subduing the two shooters, Sundara turned to see another man in plain clothes standing around the corner. He saw the man was pointing a gun barrel around the corner. Now, this is after he had just taken down two armed students, so his adrenaline was, was going a little fast. His mindset was kill or be killed, so he was a little pumped up. Now, he was also a Marine veteran, so this guy is no stranger to shoot, having to shoot people or have people point guns at him. He'd, been in, he'd served in Afghanistan. So this is, this is a guy who's not just uh, some video game warrior. He, this, his is a real warrior. This Marine veteran had served in Afghanistan, and he saw a man pointing a gun barrel. He turned and shot two times to stop the man. Unfortunately, the man he shot at was a member of law enforcement in plain clothes. <laughs> but more unfortunately than that, he missed the man, and the two rounds penetrated a wall and struck two students on the other side. Both students suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Now, I would imagine in high school, yeah, getting shot would be kind of cool because as long as it was non-life-threatening, that would be a hell of a story to take to college with you and for the rest of your high school days. Oh, you're the dude who got shot. Yeah, man, it was cool. <laughs> but anyway, so now, of course, he shot two innocent people. He subdued two potentially mass shooters who now did shoot one person. They walked, actually, did they shoot one person or two people? They were not legally old enough to own any of the guns. They killed one student and wounded several others before Sandara stopped them. So they were on a tear. Who knows how many more they would have killed or injured had they been allowed to continue. But he was able to stop them. And unfortunately, the plainclothes policeman did not identify himself, or maybe he didn't hear it. I don't know. There's no telling what happened there. When someone's pointing a gun at you after you just subdue two people who, sh- who were started shooting students, that's a tough call to make. That puts you in a situation where you have to make a quick decision. I don't know if I would have done the same. I don't know if I would have done exactly the same. Who knows? But in any case, so now they're trying to get this guy for having a gun in school that he wasn't supposed to have. But the parents recognized this guy stopped what could have been a school massacre. He stopped what could have been a horrific mass shooting by getting these guys and stopping them prior to them being allowed to roam the halls and do whatever they wanted to do. 
So he went to court, and his attorney pointed out that Colorado law states, deadly physical force may be used if a person believes they are in imminent danger of being killed or injured. So he was correct in being able to use his weapon if somebody was threatening him. And even if the guy was a plainclothes police officer without identifying himself after taking down two potential suspects, how was he to know if this guy was on their side or not? He, he didn't know. So he had to take a chance and take, take, take the shot. But the community was very supportive of him. They backed him up. The prosecutor agreed not to press charges. Although it was illegal for him to have a gun on the premises, our investigation has determined that his actions were in compliance with applicable law. All right, we're going to be back in a couple of minutes, take a few words. This is America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. And before we get to that break, we're going to uh, invite you once again tomorrow, or remind you once again, tomorrow is the induction of 15 members to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. It's going to be it's going to be quite impressive, folks. You're invited to be down at the State Capitol Rotunda. The ceremony will start at two o'clock. The governor is going to be there and a bunch of other dignitaries. And uh, tried to get Roger, but Roger didn't feel like he he could stoop that low to be with the governor and stuff. That he you know, he, he I'm just not a big boat. fan of politicians. No. But anyway, so uh, it's going to be quite impressive, and everyone's invited to go down to the induction ceremony at the state capitol in the rotunda at 2 p.m. tomorrow afternoon, and uh, I'll be down there giving away. Uh, Flag pins, lapel pins. I saw the box of those in the in the in the entry hall there. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Come down and get your free flag pin. That's worth the trip alone. That's true. So anyway, I hope to see you all down there. And it's gonna. We have to continue to support our military, past veterans, present, those that are on active duty right now, in the future. And for you kids that are thinking about joining the military, it is a great way to go. Um, So, with that being said, we'll be back right after a couple of messages. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual, family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a March implementation ribbon cutting ceremony and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project you can donate at jcvets.org 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. We're back. I am Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded, and this is America's Web Radio. Before I left, we were talking about a gentleman who had used what the uh, attorneys were telling him was a, a gun he was not supposed to have in a school. He ended up stopping a school shooting, but because of the outcry from the community, realizing that he had done a good thing and this was something that needed to be done, he ended up not being prosecuted for the injury of the two students, but he did have to complete 50 hours of community service. Okay, so it wasn't a 100% win for him. Now, if he hadn't shot the students, I wonder if it would have been different. But still, 50 hours of community service, and he has to participate in a forum with victims. I don't know what that means, but, you know, he has to do that. Okay, but his employer, as proud as he can be of him, said his boss said, I've been through two school shootings, and I understand how difficult they are. We stand behind him 100%. Now, of course, the the, the author of this article said he thinks they should have Sundara Day, a holiday to celebrate this guy <laughs> instead of community service. <laughs> but in any case, at least it didn't go. It could have gone horribly wrong for this guy. He could have ended up in a situation with thousands of dollars of legal bills. They could have tried to prosecute him for aggravated assault or felony assault or possibly potential attempted murder charges they could have gone all out on this guy if they wanted to but i think the the community stood behind him and the politicians realized that by the people and for the people means something there in colorado you know i know it's been taken over lately by um a little more progressive mindset wanting to think nobody should have any kind of means to protect themselves and magazines should be restricted except of course for politicians law enforcement stuff like that so it's okay for them to have it but not okay for you to have it but anyway that that's a whole nother thing we're going to get into later but this gentleman stopped a mass shooting at a school and yet the media didn't cover this you would have thought that a man who stops a school shooting would be all over the news. I mean, this could have potentially been bigger than any school shooting to date. Who knew? But now you got to remember, the two guys who were committing the school shootings were leftist. They were extremely liberal, left-wing nut jobs. So, of course, the media tends not to condone those because, oh, they had some reason. They, they, they get automatic victimhood, apparently. So the anti-Christian, anti-Bible, anti-Trump guy and the angry trans man who was actually a girl. Yeah, I don't know how that works. If they're actually a trans and they still have all the parts of the... Well, anyway, I'm not going to get into that because I do not know. But anyway, these two leftists decided they were going to shoot up a school and they were stopped by an armed citizen, former Marine, or, yeah, former Marine with a weapon, and the news is silent on this. No talk of it at all. This would seem like it should be front page news and this guy should be made a hero. Well, if you get a chance, you can look it up and give his name one more time. Because I believe in the fact that these people should, their names should be known. Shamson Sundara. That's his name. Shamson Sundara. If you want to look him up, you can, you can put school security guard who stop school shooting. And it'll probably come up and you can read about it. But this guy needs needs a holiday. He needs to get a key from the city. He needs something 
to help him be recognized as the hero he is. And he probably should have his 50 hours of, of community service commuted. Or at least serve it at the local police range. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> okay, now we have to come back to Virginia. I know it's getting old. Virginia all over the place. But there are things going on in Virginia now. Because now, finally... The Democrat House and Senate have taken over, and they are wasting no time putting forth gun control measures, and they are not even allowing any hearings. They're not allowing any discussion on most of this. They're just ramming it through because they know they have a majority, and they're not going to slow down. They're not going to listen to any other viewpoint. So, But it looks like they're going to pass six specific areas of legal gun ownership on Friday. They're going to stop legal gun owners in six different ways. They have a House Bill 961, which is a sweeping gun, magazine, and suppressor ban that was not heard in the committee. And they also have another area of this bill which would criminalize private transfers of firearms and punish gun owners who fail to report their firearms lost or stolen. So, now, now granted... Private firearm transfers, I mean, in some states they're still legal, in some states they're not. It just depends. I mean, I would hope not many criminals get their guns this way, but there is that possibility. With the Internet, it's so easy to meet people, and people you don't know or don't have any idea what their background is or what their intentions are. So that would not be the worst case. But to limit magazines, to limit suppressors, I mean, suppressors protect your hearing more than anything else. Why would you want to limit that? Especially since I believe there have been three crimes committed since 1934 with a Class three weapon, which is a suppressor or fully automatic weapon that was legally purchased. So, yeah, three crimes in, what, over 60 years. Yeah, 60, 70 years. That's ridiculous. That's a statistical zero. But, anyway, they're going to push through with these bills. Uh, let's see. They've got a universal background check which criminalizes the private transfer of firearms between citizens. Now, there are a few exceptions there, but most transfers between friends and neighbors are not exempted. You have to go, if you buy a gun from your neighbor, you have to do it through a, a firearms, a federal firearms license dealer. And the lost or stolen bill turns a gun owner into a criminal if they don't report a lost or stolen firearm within 24 hours of discovering them missing. And they do this by finding, finding them. Now, this is supposedly going to cut down on straw purchases. I don't know how or how they – there's no explanation of how that was supposed to work. And any Okay, and they're going to continue with this. Um, here, this was a weird one. Severely restricted parental decisions about firearms in the home while attaching excessive penalties for violations. Under these bills, it would be a crime – for a parent to allow their 16-year-old to hunt on the family's property without direct adult supervision. So that means if your 16-year-old is out hunting squirrels in the backyard on your 100 acres, you could be arrested for that and charged criminally for allowing him to hunt on Where private this? property. This is in Virginia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a point of carrying it too damn far, and it's you not going to solve anything other than frustration. And you know, those idiots in Virginia have lost their whatever they, balls they had in their brain. They, they won fair them. and square. They won the election, fair and square. 
because less than 20% of the registered voters in Virginia showed up. Well, then shame on them, and they're getting what they deserve. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And it's just, you know, I've been hunting since I was six years old. My dad, that was one of the closest things that my dad and I did. He taught me how to hunt, first with a BB gun shooting sparrows. Right. And then uh, we went, I couldn't wait until I got my first 410. Ah, rabbits, squirrels. And uh, we went uh, bird No, it was bird hunting. We okay. Went dove hunting and uh, quail hunting. And uh, I had, you know, at uh, probably 10 or 11 years old, I could clean quail and dove as quick as any adult could. And, uh, you yeah. know, and then go eat your prey. And that's and, family uh, tradition, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, oh, especially yeah. if you live out in the country or out where you have plenty of land, and these people are not allowed their kids to hunt on their own property. That's now, just... I can understand if it was on state property or somebody else's property. They want supervision. I understand that. But this is private property. They're trying to limit the family from hunting on their own property or allowing access to guns to people under 21. Now, this would also apply if you had, say, a 17-year-old in the house, a daughter, and you leave her home alone, which a 17-year-old girl or boy could be left alone in the house. If you allow them access to a weapon for self-defense while they're home alone, that would be a crime. No matter how much training or how effective these teenagers were in using the weapon, it would be a crime for the parents to allow them access to weapons to defend themselves if they were home alone. Oh, wait a second. In most states, now I can't address uh, idiots in Virginia, but <laughs> well, this is a new one they're trying to pass. So this, this is not. Is, if that's if that were to become law, then how old are you when you get your driver's license? Because you're behind a tank at sixteen. That's a hell of a lot more <laughs> dangerous than a than oh yeah. Is. Well, that that that's common sense. We're not talking common sense here. We're talking gun grabbing idiots. These guys don't believe in common sense. They want to disarm people. For what reason? I'm still not sure. Because there's a lot of other things that hurt, harm, maim, and kill a lot more people than guns ever do. Especially in situations like this. I mean, hunting accidents make up such a small percentage of people injured or wounded with guns, or at all. I mean, you have much more likely an incident to be hurt while driving to and from the local drive-in or convenience store than you do hunting on your own property with a gun. Uh, you know. But, you know, so this is this you know is limitations. I'm going to back up and, and yeah. hit you with what I've been hitting everybody else with. And, you know, I'm sure I've got a label already. And fortunately, some of my Texas friends are labeling me the right way because they remember like I do. But if... I'm going to fight you, and I have guns. What's the first thing that I want to take away from you? My gun. Exactly. So (laughs) who would gain by that other than the communists? Folks, we are in a Cold War, the 21st century Cold War. And who's going to prosper? Who's going to make the most out of it other than the communists? Well, you wonder, what is the government planning on doing where after 234 years they want to take your guns away. What are they planning on doing that's going to make you want to shoot them? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to issue pea shooters. I don't know. The fact that they want to limit people in what they can have, and yet they don't want to limit themselves. A lot of these, it's funny, a lot of these state laws limit lawmakers, law enforcement in other areas 
that are state-run. Those are pretty much unlimited, but they want to limit the common citizen, which is these people keep forgetting. They are not rulers. They are not even leaders. They are representatives. We vote for them to represent us. They are not supposed to be ruling over us. They're supposed to be listening to what we tell them and do it. However, if you don't vote, then you don't have a voice. I'm going to get into that later, too. Amen. But then they're also, Virginia, is now trying to pass an ammunition-free zones. Now, you may think, okay, well, what's the big deal if you carry a box of bullets somewhere? Well, let me tell you. Say you go pick up your kid at school and you have a box of ammo or you have one stray round in the car from when you were shooting outside or using the back of your pickup truck. You have one stray round. You could be, you could be charged with a felony just by having one stray round in your in your car, in your truck, in your pocket, while on the property of any public, private, or religious elementary, middle school, or high school, including the buildings and grounds, which are known as a gun-free zone. So now you can't even have a round of ammunition on a gun-free zone. This is kind of silly because what are – now, I gr- I'm sure there are exceptions for law enforcement officers and uh, people who use their weapons in the line of duty or for the state. But this this is a violation that if you if it goes through, it's going to be a class one misdemeanor by fines up to twenty five hundred dollars and one year of imprisonment. So now you're going to have to make sure your car, your pockets are completely clean before going to pick up your kid from school. Because if you have one round of ammunition, you could get in huge trouble for that in Virginia. You know they have the same stupid law in uh, Jamaica. If you well, I guess we have it here now that uh, <laughs> if you uh, walk into the airport and happen to have a thirty thirty shell in your pocket or a twenty two shell in your pocket, you yeah. can be arrested. Oh, absolutely. Well, a lot of other countries don't have the Second Amendment. They don't have the right to keep and bear arms, so they, they can restrict whatever they want to. But I could just imagine going to pick up some school and having, you know, and having a one round in the car or even a box of rounds that fell behind the seat, a little box of 22s fell somewhere. This would be grounds for, I guess, for a violation of this law with up to $2,500 fine and a year in prison. So be careful, Virginia. You're treading on rights all over the place. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that Virginia will this next election wake up and see what's going on. And I can't say this enough. Less than 20% of registered voters showed up to vote in this last election. Less than 20%. There were five, approximately 5 million registered voters in Virginia. Less than a million showed up in this last election. And now, all of a sudden, everybody's up in arms getting all excited about this stuff. And, of course, the people who won are going, you're just sore losers. And it's true. If it had been the other way, and they had lost, and the, and, uh, the Democrats were, or the pro-gun control people were whining and complaining about stuff. We'd say, oh, they're just sore losers. And now the shoe's on the other foot. So you have to wake up, people. It's time to figure out what's going on here and get yourself awake. All right, we'll be back right after this. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. 
Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, this is an interesting story I picked up from a website called Law Enforcement Today. Now, Law Enforcement Today, apparently their editors, their uh, staff, or their office had received a warning now, law enforcement had been very vocal about reporting things in Virginia, particularly the fact that the number of people saying that they were going to join a militia, if necessary, was rising fast. Thousands upon thousands of people are saying, you know what, we'll join a militia. That'll put us well within Second Amendment rights to not have any of our rights infringed. Now, granted, a lot of these, some of the militia are just, you know, doing it as a precaution. Others... I fear would be gearing up for a, a violent opposition of the government that's currently in place. And again, this is something I can't stress enough. Less than 20% of the people voted in the last election. You may have to just sit on your hands till the next election and then come out swinging. But anyway, they apparently received a note or a letter or I guess uh, some sort of communication. You're reporting about the growing numbers of militia create a clear and present threat to America. As a part of Congress, I'm giving you a fair warning. This is the equivalent of shouting fire in a movie theater. If your reporting incites violence or can even be tied to it, we'll make sure to charge your editors with felonies, wrote this person. Now, he's threatening First Amendment rights with potential legal action because they reported the truth. Because they don't believe... I mean, obviously, if this is actually happening, why on earth would you want to cover it up? Why would you not allow the news media the right to tell the truth? Oh, wait, because the news media doesn't always tell the truth. I forgot about that. That's right. This person wants to make sure it continues. They only want to see news that enforces what they want to happen. They only want to see news that enforces taking guns away as good 
for people, that it's going to make them safer. Yeah, because the crime rate in Chicago and New York and New Jersey is so very low. It's crazy. With all the gang activity growing in New York and California and other places, the, the need to have a weapon and know how to use it has never been greater. And now that these government agencies or the governments being elected by people like in Virginia are taking over and trying to infringe on all your rights, you know, where do they stop? I mean, the Constitution apparently is something they could just walk all over and pass whatever they want. Ignore the fact that it even exists. That is crazy. But now they're trying to limit the First Amendment by threatening these people. The law enforcement today, people were threatened that if anything happened, they were going to try and blame them for any kind of violent action. So apparently they have done a good job in pissing off the left over here because they don't, they are not happy with them reporting on these militias. They don't want people to be upset. I don't know if they don't want people to know what's going on. But this is this is going to be this is going to be what's going to become the norm. People are going to threaten people who report what they don't like with violence or legal action because they don't like it. This is why the Second Amendment was created to defend the right of the First Amendment. So if you believe in the First Amendment and you want it to stick around, you think it needs to stay, then you know what? You need to support the Second Amendment as well because that's where the right is going to be defended. That's what it's going to take to keep the Second Amendment around is to defend the First Amendment. Now I'm going to read something real quick here because there was a, uh, I guess it was a, a thought that somebody had, cold dead hands. This is a guy out of Texas, and he comes up with some really interesting stuff. He said, fearing the local deer population might suddenly turn tyrannical, the Founding Fathers hastily drafted the Second Amendment. <laughs> As we've said a hundred times before, the Founding Fathers did not just come back from a quail hunt or a deer hunt. They came from fighting one of the most powerful empires in the world at the time and winning freedom for a new country. These people were not, you know, they were not hunting. They were not uh, using guns to hunt. They were using guns to kill other people who wanted to take their freedom, who wanted to restrict their freedom, who wanted to tax them without representation. That's what they were fighting. So when they drafted the Second Amendment, they knew exactly what they were talking about. They were fresh from the fight. They were fresh from a battlefield. They knew what what it took to free a nation. And they wanted to make sure our nation would remain free from tyrannical governments. And it looks like today, more and more of the government agencies are gaining more and more power and taking away more and more of our freedoms. In Virginia, I hope they can resolve this. I truly hope they can resolve this with the next election and reverse a lot of things. They have one year to go, actually less than a year now. What are we at, like uh, eight months? Or no, ten months till November? So we're going to see what happens in November. Hopefully people will stand up and start voting. That's the first way you need to fight. You know, not everybody who, who... Believes in a militia, I guess, is a radical either. I mean, these people are, they're, they're looking at things from a historical point of view. There are people who know how history unfolds when these things happen. They know, historically shown, that if people are taken, people's gun rights are taken away, the other rights are soon to follow. They all fall like dominoes once the gun rights are gone. The gun is the only thing that keeps bad people from doing bad things. It's like I've said before, you don't have to believe in guns and you don't have to have one. You don't have to believe in God and you don't have to pray. But I guarantee if someone's 
busting your front door in at 3 a.m. in the morning, you're going to call somebody who has a gun and pray they get there in time. That's all. That's all. Okay? But now I have to move to my own home state, Georgia. Well, we're in Georgia here at America's Web Radio for now. And there's a Georgia Democrat senator, Donzella James. She has introduced legislation that would ban all semi-automatic firearms in the state of Georgia. Penalties for violators would be not less than five years in prison, but not more than 10 years, and a $10,000 fine. So on a first offense of owning a semi-automatic weapon under her laws, there would be a five-year prison sentence and a $10,000 fine minimum, up to 10 years. Now, this legislation has yet to be assigned to a Senate committee, and its similar legislation was introduced by Stacey Abrams and Margaret Oliver in 2016. I mean, the Democrats are constantly trying to take our rights away. I don't understand why, other than the fact it's easier to rule people if they don't have guns, even though these people don't realize they're not rulers. They are representatives. They represent us. We vote for them. We put them in power. They're supposed to serve us. They're not supposed to try and rule over us. Now, the Democrats have been eyeing taking over the Georgia House after the after uh, 2020. We'll see. I mean, it's coming up. Michael Bloomberg is probably going to spend millions of dollars to help anti-gun Democrats get elected across the state of Georgia. Planned Parenthood, who fights in unison with the anti-gun lobby, also has promised to spend over $10 million in Georgia on behalf of the Democrats who fight for abortion and ban firearms. So it looks like the Planned Parenthood is not just doing things that Planned Parenthood does. They're also going anti-gun. They're also picking another fight, and they're receiving government money. Now, that's where I have a problem. What they do is what they do. That's fine. You know what? It's not my decision to tell somebody else what they can do, what they can't do. However, they start donating money to causes other than their own, then they're becoming a political action group and need to be treated as such. Therefore, they should not receive any government funds as long as they continue to do this. So we'll see. So this brings me to another point. This is something that I've been debating, talking about for a while, and I think the time is now to start bringing this up. There's something that I have discovered. Actually, I think it was Colonel West who used the term first when I read it. It's called the locust effect. And the locust effect is real, and it's happening more places than you can imagine. And for those of you who don't know about it, I'm going to explain it right now. What locusts do is they eat and destroy everything they can in the area they're in, then they move to a new area. Now, this is when people from failed states or cities or counties decide to move to a more free, more economically viable place and leave the mess that they helped create behind. They want to leave it behind. They created this mess by voting the wrong people into power over and over and over again. It turned into a gigantic economic mess. They have no money. These states, these counties, these cities are going broke. They have homeless people living everywhere because they can't afford to take care of them. They also eliminate gun ownership, which allows crime to thrive, because criminals, believe it or not, do not obey gun-free zone signs. They don't obey laws that say you're not supposed to shoot people. You're not supposed to rob people. They don't obey these laws. That's why they're criminals. But anyway, so these people decide, you know what? It's gotten so crazy here, I'm going to move somewhere else. Now, you would think if they move somewhere else with economic freedom and you know, freedom to own guns, which pushes for lower crime rates, you figure they would say, you know what, this is better. 
I should want this. But no, instead, these locusts turn around and vote the same way. Okay, we'll be back right after this. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And one more time, I want to remind everybody to go down to the state capitol tomorrow at 2 p.m. for the induction ceremony of 15 heroes, and they are true heroes, Georgia military veterans that are being inducted to into the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. It'll be a most moving ceremony, I can assure you. It'll be held in the rotunda of our state capitol. A number of dignitaries will be there, and the public is invited. And, you know, please go down. Show your respect for our veterans. They are what makes today possible. We'll be back momentarily. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a march implementation ribbon cutting ceremony and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project you can donate at jcvets.org This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And right before we left for the last break, we were talking about the locust effect, where people from failed cities or failed counties 
you know, states like, let's get my list here because I wrote some of these down, Illinois, New York, California, Washington, Oregon, New Jersey. People come from these places because they want more economic freedom. They want more opportunity. They want lower crime. So they move to these new places, but what do they do? They vote the same way as they have been, and the same way as they have been has been destroying the places they left. And they don't see anything wrong with, oh, we need to get gun control here. We had that back in New Jersey, and it was great, except for your crime rate was four times what it is here. Oh, my God. These people are too dumb to know. They're they're cutting off their 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 toes one at a time. Now, the idea is once they move somewhere, though, they settle in, they get this new place, they enjoy the economic freedom and everything, while they continue to vote to destroy it. And then as soon as they destroy it in the new place, they move, then they get up and they move again. They're like locusts. They go from place to place, destroying everything in their path and moving on. Now, here's a statistic I ran across, which was just, it it was shocking to me. For the last three years, U-Haul has recorded that all of their uh, of all their one-way rentals, one-way rentals of U-Haul equipment, 50% of them were going to Texas. Now what that would tell me is they're going to come to that state and they're going to come from all these liberal bastions of socialism and uh, of gun limiting rights of uh, uh, ridiculous spending. But the most thing we're concerned about here on Locked and Loaded is, of course, our gun rights, which these people will vote to take away every single time. And as they do that, they don't realize they're setting up themselves for more criminal activity to make themselves less free in this new place they've moved to that has greater freedom. And it's just these people are coming from gun-grabbing states and continuing to vote for stricter gun control and infringement of Second Amendment rights. Now, as I said before, I live in Georgia. And Georgia has historically been a relatively gun-friendly state. And for the moment, continues to be, but things are changing. I can see this. I can see things starting to change. The large urban centers are turning more and more liberal. They're pushing through more and more gun control acts, just like I talked about a moment ago. This is a, a the, the representative from Kennesaw, of all places. Kennesaw has a law in the books requiring each head of household to own and maintain a firearm. Now, of course, you can be a conscientious objector. So, you know, they're not strictly enforcing that. They're not knocking on doors and checking to see who has one and who doesn't. And I don't believe anybody has ever been fined with not complying with this law. It was more symbolic than anything else, but it did cut the crime rate down to nearly or murder rate down to nearly zero for many, many years. But anyway, so now Georgia's starting to change. And I think, well, I personally think one reason of this is that more films are being made in Georgia. And the people who have the greatest skill set in filmmaking and film production are coming from the West Coast. They're bringing their skills into this arena in Georgia and helping making they're help making many fine films, which is great. However, they're also bringing their gun-grabbing, Second Amendment-infringing ideology with them. And this is becoming a problem. You know, the reason why more and more films are being made here is because California has become so restrictive and economically unviable they, the film companies cannot afford to make movies in California anymore. So they're trying to find other places. And unfortunately with the industry comes a lot of people who have the skill set from the West Coast. And they have this mindset of being anti-gun, big government, big spending, fiscal irresponsibility. They bring all this stuff with them when they come from the West Coast. And they vote the same way 
that destroyed the film industry in California. They vote the same way here in Georgia. It's like you figure they would look and learn from their mistakes. You know what they say? You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. These people are going to make the same mistake twice, not even learning from their mistake. They think everything's just honky-dory. They're going to come along here, vote the same way, take guns away, pass you know, big laws to for giveaways, entitlements, and become fiscally irresponsible. California is hundreds of billions of dollars in debt, and it doesn't look like they're ever going to get out of it. So, and and the thing is, their job moved because they voted the way of fiscal irresponsibility. So, California had to tax. They voted to tax their industry so much that they destroyed the business. And unfortunately, the gun rights are just another byproduct of this voting. Now, I'm not going to say all the people who come from California are like that. There are probably some who appreciate the freedom we have. There are some who will vote to maintain these freedoms because they did learn from their mistakes. But unfortunately, a majority of them are still doing the same thing. And it's just, it's going to get to the point where these locusts are going to infect every part, every good part of our country with their ideology and they're going to keep pushing because they are active these people are very they're very active okay now we're going to go to virginia again i know virginia 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 that's all about that but you know what this is a warning virginia is a warning to the rest of the second amendment nation the one thing you can learn from virginia is don't make or accept any excuses why you can't vote less than 20 percent of registered voters showed up in the last election and now look what they have to deal with and they have to just to try and keep their rights because they didn't get off their hands and go vote. If all these people fighting to make Second Amendment sanctuary cities and counties and, and towns had voted, this never would have been a problem. But they didn't vote. They just assumed Virginia has been a more conservative state for a long time and that nothing would change. Folks, this is a wake-up call. You need to get up. You have to remember. I don't want to hear any excuses from anybody. I'm too busy. I had pneumonia. I don't care. You need to take 20 minutes out of your day, whatever day it is, and go vote. (coughs) Most places have early voting. You can vote long before the election, so there's no excuse to avoid that. You can make time. And if you sit on your hands during an election, any election, you might as well just box up all your guns and ship them off to the government because you're just you're handing your rights in. When you don't vote, you're handing your rights away. You're giving them up. You're throwing your hands in the air and you're surrendering. If you're a person who gives up, if you're a person who likes to surrender, by all means, don't vote. But if you want to keep your rights, if you want to keep your guns, you have to get off your butt and you have to do something about it. And this is especially for places that have been traditionally safe for years are no longer that way. You you would have thought Virginia has been traditionally a more conservative state, but they got a Democratic governor. That should have been a wake-up call right there to stop the House and Senate from turning to an anti-gun-grabbing House and Senate. You should have got up and you should have voted. And don't tell me, well, you know, there were no good candidates. If you don't vote, you don't have a right to complain. Otherwise, you're just being a sore loser. You lost, and now you're complaining about the results. Well, you know what? That's what happens. Hopefully, we'll be able to stop this in the rest of the country. But if you don't vote, you can't complain. Because if you want, the locusts will swarm to freedom-loving states over and over again and vote to change them. So what you need to do is find somebody like-minded. Go vote with them. Make sure everyone you know who supports the Second Amendment goes to vote. In fact, I would love to see local gun ranges or local gun stores 
who will have voter registration drives. <laughs> that, to me, would be fantastic. That would be the way to start pushing things in the right direction. Because you know the people who come here are going to be more like-minded as far as re- retaining our Second Amendment rights, as far as not infringing on our Second Amendment rights. In fact, even this, even if you live in a very liberal area, take a liberal to a gun range, befriend some, or if you have a friend who's liberal, take them to a gun range. Let them see it's not all horrible. Let them see how much fun it is to shoot when you're in a proper environment and you know how. And it's a skill set you can have. It's nothing wrong with learning how to do something new. Just because you haven't done it before doesn't mean you need to be afraid of it. But if you are a gun store or a gun range and you want to try and have a gun, a, a gun, a voter registration drive, I would love to hear from you. In fact, I will be happy to heap praise upon you and mention you on the air whenever I possibly can. So think about this. I don't know what it takes to do this. I don't know if there are any restrictions as to where it can be done. But if it can be done, I would think a gun store or a gun range would be the perfect place to have a, a voter registration drive, especially for people who, who are not registered for some reason. And if you're a gun owner and you're not registered to vote, don't plan on being a gun owner for very long. Because most of these freedoms can be taken away in one election cycle. That's all it takes. Now, so just be aware of this. I mean, I can't, I can't get over this. Less than 20% of the people in Virginia showed up to vote to stop the gun grabbers from coming in and taking their rights away. And now they have almost 90% of the counties are declaring themselves sanctuary cities, sanctuary counties. And they wouldn't have had to go through all this if they had just woken up that morning on that Tuesday and said, you know what, I need to go vote today. But I don't want to hear from these people say, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, my one vote doesn't make a difference. Yeah, you say that along with a million other people who say the same thing, and all of a sudden, we're losing elections. This is not going our way, people. We've got to wake up. Because let me tell you something. It is much easier to pull a lever in a voting booth than it is to pull a trigger. And hopefully it will never come to that, and we will actually wake up, go out there, vote, and change things back to keep our country free and keep our rights intact. I'm sorry, but I think we're closer to a revolution. And as I said earlier, Roger, if you look at what's happening, it's happening everywhere. Division, division, division. We've got it in Congress. We've got it in the United States. We've got it in our churches. We've got it in our schools. We've got it every place. And the first thing you're taught is divide and conquer. Oh, yeah. And the communists are doing exactly what they said back in the 50s. Well, politicians in general use divide and conquer. Look at how often they try and divide people up into groups. Black, white, yellow, red, old, young, you know, whatever. Well, that's it, my my friend. we got to pull the trigger and move out of here. (laughs) All right. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.